Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the usually bi-weekly podcast where we take an in-depth look at a story or narrative-focused game. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And we are going to continue our Life is Strange run with episode two, Out of Time. This episode was released on March 24th, 2015, and uh, as I had mentioned before, this is going to be a series that is pretty important to listen to episode by episode and not jump in so you can get the full scope of the story so definitely go back and give a listen to episode one if you haven't yet and feel free to play along since we are doing all of these episodes spoiler free from the the following episodes um and like i said we're gonna try and keep these shorter so let's let's just jump right into that story summary duncan so we're starting off on the next day following where we were in the first episode um, as Max gets ready, she overhears Victoria and her friend harassing Kate about a viral video she was in. Just as a reminder, uh, Kate is the girl that we helped in the first episode with the uh, school security. Yeah. The video was apparently of Kate making out with a lot of people at a Vortex Club party. Kate later explains that she only had one sip of red wine, felt sick and dizzy, and then Nathan offered to take her to the hospital. She remembers a room with a bright white light, but nothing else. Max promises to help figure out what really happened to Kate. She asks if she could go to the police. What did you do? So at this point, you know, the the two options being, hey, go to the cops or hey, don't go to the cops because they won't believe you. This is advice. Yeah. So she's asking you about this. Um, just to put it in context, previously you had been like walking around her room and she seems really, you know, everything's really dark and gloomy and, and kind of shitty and depressing. I told her to go to the cops personally because I was mm-hmm. like, girl, you got fucking drugged. Let's get the authorities in this shit was kind of my yeah. I mean maybe I'm just like you know maybe I trust cops too much maybe that's my white privilege coming through but that's how I felt about it I don't know what you did <laughs> no I I did the same thing I mean the again it's part of that like game logic where you're like I know that good not going to them is probably going to affect it in some way so I was like this is probably the better choice for overall for the actual character and for uh for my the story outcome i want yeah for sure so i'm glad to see we're in agreement on that one pretty pretty simple one though i do think this choice was actually semi-difficult given that at this point in the game i didn't really want anyone else involved in what was going on and i think that was what they Mm -hmm. were trying to present you with was hey do you trust authority yeah and um and i think it's interesting because later we're gonna see a lot of other things happen and i think it's interesting to see what your thoughts might be on regretting picking that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on her way to uh, see Chloe, she goes to the Two Whales Diner, and Max runs into Warren on her way there, who invites her to a movie. Real quick, what did you do? Oh, man, you know I'm going ape. <laughs> so he wants you to go ape. He wants you to go to see Planet of the Apes. Yeah. You went ape? You said I'll go with I you? I said I'll go ape. I'll go fucking ape with Warren all day. Dude. Sorry, Warren. I'm I'm real busy. Oh, uh, I, I, can't, I don't have time to go. Oh, oh that poor dude. Yeah. To be yeah, fair, so. he is like, mm, it's only 60 miles, and my car was made 50 <laughs> years ago, and I'm basically 17. I've never driven before. So, like, it's fair. And I'm in love with you. <laughs> and I'm creepily in love with you. I sent you, like, five text messages. You didn't respond. Why don't you love me? Let's go ape, go ape, go ape. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So, so Chloe heads to the Two Whales Diner, and uh, she meets uh, Joyce Price, Chloe's mom, 
and a waitress at the Two Wheels Diner. They discuss her late husband, Chloe's mom or dad, and how uh, how much Chloe's changed since then, as well as the disappearance of uh, one of her friends. Max proves to Chloe that she is a real time traveler by predicting items in her pocket and events that take place around the diner. Max receives a call from Kate. You can choose to answer and comfort Kate or go with Chloe, who is pressuring you to leave right now. What did you do? Man, this was like such a fucking... So, I'll preface this. In my opinion, this was like such a fucking not choice choice. Yeah. like I mean, it... <laughs> I know we both know why it's a choice now, mm-hmm. but but like it shouldn't be because can't you just go in the truck and then answer the call while you're in the truck? So let's roll back for a second. What did you choose? I chose to answer the fucking call. Yeah. Chloe, you can wait. Yeah. Wait okay. like one second. <laughs> yeah. I, she was like being like, hey, I wish there was an option that you could press. Like when Chloe starts being like, oh, I get it. You got to hang out with your new friend. Be like, yo, my friend's depressed as fuck. Give me two minutes to talk to her real quick. Um, yeah. but unfortunately that's not an option. And I think afterwards it's like 90 something percent of people chose to answer the phone call cause they're not massive dickheads. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's about that. Yeah. There's really nothing else to dissect in that. They, I, I, I do kind of feel like they're like, Oh, come on guys. Like that, that really shouldn't have been a choice, but they try kind of see why they tried. They're like, Oh, if you answer the phone, Chloe gets in a fight with her mom because her mom walks over and says something. And Chloe's kind of a bitch to her. And then they yell at each other. And it's like, okay, how's that? Yeah, my but problem? When doesn't that happen? Probably <laughs> that's happened for the last 25 minutes of this scene. Like I'm pretty yeah. okay. Yeah. So, so they, where they're going is the junkyard to shoot some bottles and to really uh, prove Max's new powers and uh, play around with them. As Max walks around, she finds remnants of Chloe's old friend, Rachel, who went missing. So just like things like bracelets or uh, writing around the walls, yeah. stuff like that, posters, uh, just a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Uh, Frank, a friend of Chloe, shows up harassing her about money that she owes him. An altercation takes place over a bracelet that was originally owned by Rachel, and Frank claims that it was from a friend. Seeing a knife, Max pulls a gun on Frank, and you can either pull the trigger or surrender, then give the gun to Frank. What did you do? So this one I actually thought was mildly interesting because I think it changed based on... At least for me, it changed based on whether it was like, okay, what is the better game option, or how am I trying to role-play this? Because I think, yeah. like, if you don't pull the trigger, like, if you pull the trigger, you get to keep the gun, and that obviously seems like the better solution, because then you mm-hmm. have a gun. Well, I mean, it sort of seems like the better solution, because then you have this gun, but also, like, in my head, I was like, there's no fucking way Max tries to kill Frank. Like, that is not Max. There's no way. Like, she's yeah. too scared to pull the trigger, so I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, I I ended up doing it, because I had that, like, I really had that gameplay thing that just just, just pulled me too far. Mm-hmm. I I had to ha- see what happened when I had the gun, you know. Had to had to know what would happen. Got the itch. Also, um, I think it's entirely possible that Max might have been aiming for not him directly. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but that's mm, it's pretty unlikely. Yeah. You know. Uh, so but but if you do end up pulling the trigger, it. It, it's out of bullets, so yeah, yeah. She's not a murderer. Like, no Frank's what. like, wow, wow. That's Look surprising. at the big balls on you. I don't think he yeah. actually says that, but he says something like that. Yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. 
So, you know, after that, uh, Frank walks away and uh, you get to keep the gun or, you know, Frank takes it with you or with him. And then you go hang around in the train tracks and Chloe gets her shoe stuck in the train track. And uh, you have to use your powers to save her through a bunch of different ways. And uh, you end up just kind of hanging out for a little bit longer, catching up, and then you return to Blackwell. Uh, Max sees Kate uh, retreating from Mr. Jefferson in tears. You walk up to him and discuss the video. He says it was her responsibility and she brought the situation on herself. Uh, as you're in a class, attention is drawn outside where Kate goes to jump off the dorm rooftop. Instead of reversing time, it becomes frozen and Max gets another nosebleed. You make it to the top of the building and stop her from jumping. Your powers no longer work, and you cannot rewind the answers and questions that go through here. Um, so Kate just kind of like, you know, asks a bunch of why should I not kill myself questions, and uh, you have to pick the right answers based on um, how well you know her or um, just morally what you should say in that kind of situation. Um, so whether you answer them wrong or right, the outcome is permanent. What happened for you? For me personally, I I was able to save her by like a fucking hair's breadth by getting some of the questions right because I I, I remembered like two things about her that I saw, mm-hmm. but also definitely like guessed on the last question before she killed herself and managed to get it right on like a fifty fifty shot. So mm-hmm. hell yeah, I'm the world's greatest. Yeah, I uh, mean, <laughs> good job, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I also I also saved her. I I guessed very like luckily. Um so that was good. Although, you know, I did play it with somebody else and they they freaked out and they told me they said I can't have this happen. You have to tell me the answers or I won't play. And, and you know, I um in a similar vein, I am rewatching <laughs> the game by watching my roommate play through it. Uh Mm-hmm. And, and he played through it and got it and got the last question wrong about the Bible verse and Kate. Um, and, and what is honestly a really, really fucking emotionally powerful scene, she jumps off the roof to kill herself. And my roommate immediately hit the nav button on the PlayStation and closed the application and then relaunched it so he could get the questions right. Looking at me saying, nope, nope, can't have that. Nope, can't handle that. And then bragging the <laughs> next day about how he created his own rewind powers. <laughs> <laughs> I created my own rewind. <laughs> That's great. Uh, <laughs> I think we can talk about more about the scene um, and uh, you know the the power it has. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I I'd like to finish up this totally. this area. We'll get to it. So either way, you end up in the principal's office where Max is asked whose fault it is for uh, for Kate's death or her attempted death. Was it Nathan? Uh, who might have drugged her at a party? Was it Mr. Jefferson who ignored her cries for help? Or was it David for not locking the uh, rooftop for her to access? That was that was for David Rain? Yeah. yeah, and then also like bullying her. Yeah, and also, yeah, harassing her a little bit. So who did you blame? So this choice was literally, was it the guy who was mean and didn't do his job perfectly? Was it the adult who didn't fully understand what she was going through? Or was it the guy who drugged her and made a (laughs) viral video of her that drove everyone to make fun of her until she was horribly depressed? So (laughs) Survey says! (laughs) I chose Nathan along with 100% of the other rational people on the planet. Yeah. 
yeah, it's pretty clear you're supposed to pick. Yeah, I mean, not supposed to pick, but like Nathan's definitely the person you should pick. Now, now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing you should think about. And this is what I thought about. And this is what made it a difficult decision is my initial thought is pick, pick Nathan, you idiot. (laughs) But what about your safety? Mm -hmm. Because if you pick Nathan, they have no proof of Nathan doing any of this. They can't put him behind bars anytime soon. They can't do anything. Yeah. You can, you, there's a high chance that he could, you know, get you into some real trouble. He does text you earlier saying like, don't say anything about the shit that you saw. Like, you know, like keep your mouth shut kind of thing. And uh, he appears to be very violent, rich, and um, unstable. Just an, an unstable Fair. person. I mean, he kills Chloe in the very first scene you see him. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's reasons to be afraid of him, and and you know, not blame him. Yeah. But then again, that game logic kicks in where it's like, well, there's five episodes of this. I'm not gonna die. But yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think you know, um, there there are, might be other consequences to it. You know. So I want to make a case here. I want to go like against my better nature and in the grain of of everything I ever thought about this. And I want to make a case for the two reasons you shouldn't choose Nathan outside of your own safety. Um, because mm-hmm. again, game logic just overrode that. I was like, Nathan's not gonna fucking kill me. How are they gonna sell me the next three episodes, bitch? Um, yeah. <laughs> So I think the only thing you could say in terms of why you should blame either David or Mr. Jefferson over Nathan is the idea that there is some inherent responsibility that comes with being uh, a fully grown and fully developed adult working in a school full of artsy children um, and empathizing and recognizing suicide signs and recognizing signs of abuse and things like that, which a, a lot of schools have you are you are forced to take courses to to learn to recognize those things versus yeah. blaming another high school teenager who did, you know, something that was, again, obviously reprehensible act, but, you know, Clearly, an unstable high school kid maybe is not as much at fault for not recognizing his own actions as much as is a a, a famous teacher or the security, like, head of security for a school. All that being said, I mean, like, fuck Nathan, you know, it was his fault. Like, definitely a thousand percent it was his fault over the other two. But I do think there's a case to be made for, like, who does the responsibility fall on the most? And I think you could you could potentially lay the blame on all three of them. Also, I didn't know this until I was rewatching my roommate play through it, but if you fucked up and didn't tell the principal anything was going on in the first episode and took the blame for getting the weed, if you blame Nathan, you also get suspended. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I did not know that at all, but they're just like, oh, you told me nothing was going on yesterday, and I've heard you've been dealing drugs and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I have no choice but to suspend both of you. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so um yeah, I I also I was blamed but but there's a very there's a very good case for both of those and I remember uh when I was first playing this game pre recommendation, I uh I took a picture of the choice that choice and I said, What the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so oh, you know, that was a little little pre podcast for you. Um <laughs> a little look into the past. The blast from the past. So uh, the after that that kind of intense question that that you you know really sets the stage for the rest of the game. Uh, Max and Warren discuss what happened as an eclipse appears in front of them. Uh, we're given a shot in the end credits of a room with a bunch of red binders as a uh, camera reveals photos of Kate next to a binder with her name on it. Ooh, Ooh. 
little bit of foreshadowing for you. Mm-hmm. Little little teaser. Mm. Little teaser mm. for you. I actually really liked that teaser in that episode and the first episode because mm-hmm. uh, it was roughly yeah. the same. I don't teaser think we in mentioned the first, them episode, the first and I thought those were really good. Yeah, yeah, they're really interesting. We're not going to talk about what they are. Oh fuck no! Yeah. Spoiler we'll, we'll free. Say that they're very interesting. So uh, I want to take this time to get your just overall thoughts on what you thought about this episode. What was good? What was bad? What stuck out to you? And then we can get into some deeper questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take this section, and I'm actually going to I'm I'm going to give a little bit more. Um, I'm not just going to give simple like, oh, I liked uh, this is good. I'm going to try and dive in here. Um, and, and feel free to interrupt me if I get a little bit long, but I think mm-hmm. this episode reinforced, uh, rewatching through it the second time after having played through it, this really reinforced the idea for me that I think Life is Strange is a game of moments, right? And they're not exclusively, um, you know, moments filled with despair or happiness, but they are a combination of both, right? They're moments where you, um, walk through a high school and just comment on your, your kind of disconnectedness from everything while listening to music there are moments where you sit and think about your your old childhood friend there are moments where your you know your best friend reveals a dark secret about how she was you know drugged and and photographed in you know what could very easily be a case for sexual abuse there there are moments where a good close friend of yours gives into despair and tries to commit suicide and these are really really powerful moments and episode two had very strong moments um specifically when you are walking through kate's room um and you know kind of getting the feel for everything and then obviously at the end which is i i think one of the strongest moments in the whole series when you are your powers are stripped away and you have to try and convince kate not to kill herself um that being said i honestly think the period in between those moments in episode two is really weak um, I still enjoyed the episode, but this is an episode that fared better in my memory than it did on second interaction, because I think the moments in the diner, and I think, oh god, the moments when you're collecting bottles in the the um, mm-hmm. the junkyard were just stale. The writing wasn't strong enough to carry them. It didn't. It wasn't evocative of a, a, an emotion. The gameplay wasn't. Um, varied enough from the standard, and and those moments really dragged down the feel of the story for me. Now, and it before having watched through this again, I would have had ridiculously high praise for episode two because I do think that moment at the end with Kate on the roof is so strong. That entire last twenty minutes when you get back to school and like talk to people and and you know interact with Mister Jefferson and all that, it's very very strong. But those in-between moments were the majority of the episode, and I think from basically the second you leave Kate's room until you get back to school was was not particularly strong for this this game. And I, again, I say that as like someone who would easily recommend this game to anyone because I think it's so um, like amazingly powerful. And those those moments did not do it for me. So that again, you know, to kind of step on the pedestal and grandstand this this game. It didn't. It didn't carry itself as well in this episode as I think it did in episode one consistently. But I think the highs were higher in episode two. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. The um, I think really the gameplay, the uh, specifically. See, I didn't really have as big of a problem with some of the writing in the in between sections. Um, I had a big problem with the gameplay in the in between sections, and just like like you said, fucking collecting those bottles was such a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. and it just. It really slowed things down for me, and it made me realize, like, oh, I'm playing a game. 
I'm remembering what it's like to feel filler. You know what I mean? In that first one, I didn't remember that. Like, I I was just playing a consistent um, story, and I was engaged in it, and I, you know, forgot, and I got immersed. But, like, right when that bottle section hit, well, actually, before it hit with the, um, you're asked to, like, remember items in Chloe's pocket as she shows them to you, and then she puts them in the pocket, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's pretty, pretty much just, like, you have to play a memory game as well yeah and that was just so boring because i already have a terrible short-term <laughs> memory and i mean i can write it down but like yeah you know i kind of wanted it to be a little bit legitimate so it that slowed it down so hard for me and then it brought it back up and there's something to say about when you think about it and remember the things you don't remember the section where you well i mean i remembered how bad it was but you know <laughs> you don't think and talk about that part of it you think and talk about you know the moments that you discussed um, yeah. So I, I share very similar thoughts on that. And I think to to um, kind of reinforce my point, because you had mentioned that you didn't think the writing was, was that bad. And I wouldn't say I think the writing is explicitly bad at any point in episode two. Mm-hmm. I just think it wasn't like the characters you meet at the Two Whales Diner feel very one note. None of them feel like fleshed out characters like some of the students do. Yeah. They feel like they're characters that exist so that they can make commentary about the world which is somewhat important in a lot of instances, but you had to have too much interaction with them to get to that commentary, and it felt like they were just yeah. beating you over the head with, like, mm, Prescott's are bad, and everything's going to shit. Yeah, this place sucks, and it it didn't work. I will say um, the interactions with Joyce were a kind of shining moment in that middle area. I fucking love mm-hmm. Joyce's character. I think she's she's phenomenal. She's one of the characters that I grew most attached to over the course of the game. Um, and, and, and her moments were good, but then your interactions with Chloe immediately after that, they're, they're gamified to the point where they don't work and her, her quips, like it felt disjointed. It felt like a video game, right? Cause she would say like, Oh, how much money do I have in my pocket? And you would say, Oh, you have 86 cents. And then in order, she would say, yep, I'm living large. I'm going to go spend a bunch of money. Ha ha. Clever quip. And then immediately after there'd be a half second break where she'd go, Oh shit, that's amazing. Yeah. And it felt <laughs> really really like hey we've got these audio clips that we tie together based on what you say it didn't feel like a conversation on like almost all of episode one yeah yeah i can yeah you're you're right on that one i'll give you that thank you i um i rehearsed some of that while i was standing around doing nothing in my job the other day so <laughs> i'm glad that i came across um that's wonderful <laughs> Uh, I I think we should, you know, highlight, because I don't think we have any questions specifically tied to it necessarily, but I think we should highlight um, the the moment at the end on, on, on the roof as being like, fuck, that was like, for me personally, that was, that was the exact moment I was sold on this being a game that I wanted to play all of. For the rest of it like no matter what i wanted to play all of it to see if there was another moment that was this good in the game yeah definitely so there's a certain amount of like connection and intensity that is brought upon this whole game of feeling like everything i do has no consequences because i can turn back time everything i yeah. say is so um malleable because i can always edit it back and um feeling like that definitely made me pay less attention to the things that were important and then when that that power is stripped away from you and you're forced to have to remember all these things and you're brought back to the reality of the situation 
it's not only eye-opening for the gameplay to be like, oh, you now have to take this quiz and no, you know, no takesies, backsies is the real stuff, but mm-hmm. it's also like super representational, in my opinion, to the situation at hand. You know, it's this is your one shot. You only have, you can only say one thing, or this person is going to die, and like, um, and being in that real situation, I can't even imagine the pressure that's put on that uh, that person who's talking that to them. Uh, on top of a roof or anything like that or yeah and so i don't know that 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 part struck really heavily with me and um any any additional thoughts for that yeah i mean i i I would definitely just echo that i didn't i didn't really think about that so much as being a metaphor for this situation in that you are all of a sudden like hey you know, if you're talking to your friend about like, oh, what are you doing later? Can you show me some skateboard tricks? Like, yeah, the stakes are really low and it doesn't matter if you just kind of be like, oh, JK, I didn't know what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. But if somebody is, you know, standing on the brink about to do something that they can't turn back, about to do something that will, you know, end their life, these, these things that you say matter so much more. And the game is very clever in that way of saying like, hey, you know, what did you, did you pay attention? Do you care? I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Cause like going through at this point when I played it initially, like I liked Kate Marsh, but she wasn't really a character I was super focused on. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to get those small details, right? Cause they're not like, oh, what color is my hair? And then you can just look and guess it. It's like, oh, nobody cares about me. And then you have a choice of saying like, oh, you know, your aunt does or your mom does or your dad does. And you know, it's like, oh shit who most of her family is shitty who's the one person that wrote a good letter to her did i look at that do i remember who it was i saw this picture does she have sisters or brothers you know it's it's a very well crafted moment and i guess like just to kind of continue off of this moment a little bit unless you have anything else to mention in this area um, we do have a question that relates to exactly what we're talking about so we can just jump Mm -hmm. right into that um which is uh, did you did you feel specifically in this moment like the the change in the game mechanics um, to make this effect. Um, I know we're, we're praising it for being incredibly powerful, but did you feel that this was like a moment where they were being very clever or did you feel a sense of unfairness that they stripped away the power that you had come to rely on in the previous four hours of gameplay? Oh, oh hell no. I, I absolutely love when game mechanics and um, in story elements meld like that. And the mechanics change based on it, even at a whim, because, I mean, it's not like an unfair game mechanic in the sense that, like, the game expects you to, like, and if a platformer, like, changed its entire physics, like, um, entirely, then that would be Mm. unfair. But there's something that's so connecting to everything that, like, it was perfect for me in the sense that I don't think the change in mechanics was unfair at all. I think it was the right thing to do because if you could have rewinded that situation then it wouldn't even be something that we're talking about right now yeah know? yeah I, I i think that's that's a that's a fair analysis of the situation I, I think when i initially reached it there was like a moment of me being like oh fuck you fuck you don't do this fuck you fuck you this is not cool um when i was slamming the rewind button as hard as i possibly could <laughs> but um yeah in the end it was um i think like you said it was the way to make that a scene that you remember right because if if you didn't have to remember those things kate would 
not be in real danger because every single person will rewind a thousand times until they got every question right because there's no way you're going to let that happen because that situation's too real. Um, and and I think that was that was really um, a, a very clever and and powerful use of game mechanics. I was just curious if if you had felt any sort of like, oh, you're just trying to make a point, but I I think. I think nah. they did that. And I do think, like, I think it is obviously a subversion of game mechanics, but in subverting the rewind mechanic, they really emphasize the mechanic of interacting with all of the elements, um, which is the core of the gameplay. And, and I think in that yeah. way, it's not really uh, it, it's not really changing them as much as it is changing the emphasis. Yeah, and it, it, and it reinforces the idea that you need to read everything, you know, to, to make sure that, you know, I mean, I definitely did think that this might happen again. So I did read a lot of things. And I don't know. Can I say that if it does or doesn't happen again? Is that a spoil? Mm, let's not do it. All right. All right. Uh, well, I, I mean, I did end up reading a lot more things because I, I thought that, you know, the information might come in handy again. Yeah. And I mean, as a touchstone, I since i've watched my roommate play through at this point three and a half episodes i would say that by the end like end of episode two he read 60 percent of things and by the end of episode three you better believe he didn't miss a single prompt so <laughs> it, it yeah. was successful in that regard yeah yeah uh so i want to ask you um kind of staying in the realm of um of this mechanic uh, did did missing certain moments in this episode have a positive or negative effect on the story so like you can miss the conversation between Mr. Jefferson and Kate. Yeah, I think that's kind of that that's the big one when it comes to this. I actually do think I'm very torn on that cuz I like the fact that you can just miss things, right? I like the fact that the game draws your attention in a number of different directions and if you don't focus on all of them, then it could potentially not work out the way you want it to, right? But mm-hmm. by that same token, I do think this sort of harms what the game is trying to do because the conversation between Kate and Mr. Jefferson is pretty like, oh, you know, he basically tells her that it's her fault and blah, 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 and she runs off crying. And if you don't rewind to see that and you don't know that, that Mr. Jefferson did that, then when at the end of the episode you have the choice to blame him, you're just like, wait, what? I don't, I don't understand. I didn't he didn't do anything wrong why would i potentially ever blame him yeah yeah so and that definitely harms that takes away i also love the idea of being able to miss things like that and then being important later to get you access to um deeper parts of the story because you're like oh eh, slap on the wrist you missed this part yeah but um but i think there are some key ones that you like you can't make them miss that one that's pretty important yeah and again it's it it wasn't a massive detractor from the story, but I did miss that conversation on my first playthrough, so mm-hmm. it really uh, it affected my perception of that choice at the end in a pretty significant way. And and I would have it wasn't until later when I heard it and I was like, oh shit, oh that makes a lot of sense. Whereas previously I was like, well wait, why? Hmm. I mean, yeah, he was kind of a dick when he talked to me, but I didn't relay any of that information to Chloe or not Chloe, uh, Kate. So I don't, I don't see why that would be anything of an issue whatsoever. Um, moving on though, and unless you have anything else to say about that topic, um, nah. I, I did want to ask kind of what I think to be a crucial question in episode two. Um, coming off of my opinion personally in episode three, um, in this one, do you think Chloe did she? 
give off the vibe or did she come off as a good friend in this episode? Like, did she come off as somebody who it wasn't like a one-sided friendship or somebody who who didn't, um, who wasn't kind of selfish or anything like that? No, I think she, I think she definitely comes off in this episode as like, uh, (laughs) I, the only word I can use to describe it, which is kind of fitting because I use this term when I, you know, was, was their age is just like, they used me. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) uh like you know i feel used in this friendship so Mm -hmm. it's like it's totally how that was is like i feel like she's just kind of like max is just kind of always along for the ride and being company of chloe as like she's obviously chloe's obviously like very lonely and stuff like that and uh she just kind of needs max to be there and like you know go through all of her her craziness and Mm -hmm. uh your ideas and everything like that and not once does you know chloe really seem to care that much about like max's like even like her photography or anything like that it's just kind of weird you know they don't they don't they don't ever she doesn't really ever come off as a good friend in that and uh it does grow a lot when you save her from the train tracks and there's just kind of like this bond of like oh wow you saved my life well, little little does she know, saved her life again. But you know, though, <laughs> uh, so, and but it becomes more believable in as that they're good friends as time goes on. But uh, the overall theme for me was that no, not really. What about you? Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, this is it's really a continuation of my thoughts from the first episode, where I just for the majority of episode two did not buy the friendship the game was trying to sell me. Um, it, it felt like Chloe was incredibly needy. It felt like Chloe didn't have, uh, you know, she, I mean, she was willing to berate Max for answering a phone call from her depressed friend, And it was like, well, what the fuck? Like, I thought we were best friends here and you can't count me enough slap to talk to another person. Like that's really fucked up. Um, I think the time, the only time in this episode, and I do think it was a really important moment, was um, actually before she gets caught in the train, when you are just kind of, like, walking along the train tracks together, there's, like, a really, really fucking good shot of the two of them, like, walking towards the sunset, like, half mm-hmm. holding hands, balancing on the yeah, train tracks. Yeah, they used to be my wallpaper. Yeah, that's, like, that is an <laughs> absolutely gorgeous shot, so I completely yeah. understand. I actually saw on, on the Life is Strange subreddit, because I, I go there too often, um, somebody found, <laughs> like, found that shot and blew it up a little bit and got it framed and put it behind their computer, and it's fucking awesome. Um, but that entire, like, short little scene there where they're talking about, you know, they're being really supportive of each other. Chloe does say a couple of good things about Max and says that she's basically, you know, a superhero and calls her super Max again, which she does a lot. Um, and, and at that moment I sort of buy it, but previous to that, when she's but, like, Oh, prove your superpowers to me. And then also, Oh, don't be such a baby. Just do this anyway. Just, I don't care. Just <laughs> don't let me shoot myself in the stomach. It'll be fine. But like calling her things like that, like being like, Oh, you're super Max. And Oh, you're so amazing. It's just kind of manipulative, you know, it, it does have a little bit of that undertone. It definitely does. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. She just reminds me of so many people I, like, knew, you know, and, like, being like, ugh, you were the kind of person. I know you, <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> to all you fucking Chloes out there, I know you. I see you. <laughs> I see through your Supermax ruse. Uh, yeah. Little uh, do you know I got called Super Dunk a lot in high school. Did you really? No. Okay. That would have been the fucking world's greatest plot twist. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, like uh, at the end 
this is not this is not what I would consider to be a healthy friendship by any means. No. So so moving on from there, I th- there are three questions that I want to address every single episode from here on out. If if, uh, if yeah. that's cool. So I think um in no Let's particular order, we will talk about the the choices, the attachments and the gameplay. Um so starting in this one, uh did you did you feel any sort of a strong attachment in this episode in particular? I'm not talking about um future episodes i'm not talking about what you predict did you feel a strong attachment to any of the characters or those characters relationships so we're just talking in the realms of episode two and like if it's influenced by episode one like if it's influenced by prior episodes go for it but specifically talking mostly about episode two i felt a lot of attachments to actually the main character and max and uh uh, as I kind of like built Max in like those minor conversations to kind of like you know more fit me, like I kind of put my mm. shoes in in, in Max. Uh, it, it, I felt a more and more attachment to that of kind of being that like uh, you know a little bit of an awkward you know quiet one. Uh, you know, like I said, I see all the clothes <laughs> out there. I didn't really you know I see. I, it's interesting because I like to analyze mm-hmm. her, but I don't feel in it attachment to her in that sense um there's a lot of characters like that in this game that i love to study them and i get interested into them but i don't maybe i'm maybe i'm taking the term attached wrong i guess that is kind of attached because you know you're like oh i want to see what happens to this or that person um so i guess i get attached in that sense um but you know i obviously just love to watch the the give and take you know, mostly take from Max and Chloe's relationship and um, also just the various uh, students in the school. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I would analyze it at this point. I think there's more later, but yeah. for now, that's kind of how I feel. I what think about that's, you? that's fair. I, I definitely felt myself growing attached to Max's character, whereas the first episode was a lot of like, you know, oh, you're the first episode, had a lot of like, wow, you're really lame. And then the second episode had a lot of like, wow, you're really endearingly lame. I kind of, I kind of care about yeah. what happens to you now. Um, so that came yeah. around a bit. And then I would say, um, I didn't, didn't feel much of an attachment to Chloe at this point in the relationship. Um, I, I was interested to see where it went, but I didn't, like, I didn't care that much. And then, um, I would say I felt by the end of an ep- the episode, I felt a strong attachment to Kate Marsh because I felt like yeah. she owed me a fucking I, life I thought debt. That was Kyle, so. Like- yeah, I thought that was kind of to go without yeah, saying. Um, like, <laughs> and then I, again, the other thing I would say is I felt a really very quick attachment to Joyce, the the, the mother. I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, maybe we'll be able to dive into an analysis of my psyche a little bit later. Maybe I just like <laughs> yeah, identified I with her character because growing up I had like a, a stepdad that was married in too quickly, and my mom seemed like a rock, and I was like, oh, this is like, yeah, Joyce, I get you. I fucking get you. You're cool. Maybe it was the yeah. fact that she served me Belgian waffles. I don't really know, but um, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, there's a character later that I I'm I'm like that. <laughs> All right, we'll but, see. But yeah, I, th- those were the only at this point. Those were the relationships I really cared about, and those are characters I cared right. about. Uh, you know, going off, going to our next overarching question. How well did the episode create engaging moral choices for you in comparison to the other ones? Episode two was interesting because episode one had a couple of choices that were interesting, but I didn't feel like 
were morally difficult, right? Like whether or not you kept hidden in the closet was an interesting decision, but I didn't, I, I didn't struggle mm-hmm. with it at all. Um, episode yeah. two, I think, ramped that up a little bit when you were asked, um, you know, whether you should tell Kate to go to the cops or not, because I do think there's something to be said between like, oh, well, is it better to give this person false hope because the you know authorities might be able to help them but in this world it's kind of been portrayed that maybe the authorities wouldn't or is it better to tell this person to live in their sorrow momentarily so we can potentially actually make something of this later and i thought that was a really interesting um conundrum to give Mm -hmm. somebody um and the rest of the choices i felt were morally not particularly difficult you know whether or not to shoot um uh frank again was was largely a choice of whether you role played it or not. I felt like, but other than that, I mean, you know, who did you blame morally? I never considered it as anybody, but Nathan. And then freaking, did you answer the phone call? was just like, not even a moral fucking decision. <laughs> and then, uh, whether or not uh, you, I mean, I think you are, skipping. I mean, I am skipping the, the one about whether or not you go to the movies with Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really feel like that when a lot of my morals coming into play personally. How did it? Not? Well, you know, it's, it's just like I don't know. I I didn't. I wasn't. You know. I mean, it's well. You know, maybe now that I think about it, you know, you don't really know what Warren has the potential to do. <laughs> no, that one wasn't hard. I just went ape because I was like, "Fuck yeah, man." <laughs> This dude <laughs> took a fucking real ass beat down for me. I owe him because we left him to die last episode. <laughs> just see, yeah, it's fucking. I'm, I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna make this short and simple and say that I felt the exact yeah. same way because I, I really did this. I think it was pretty straightforward. I think it's going to expand later for that one, but I think it's interesting to watch watch this answer change. Yeah, and the, I don't think there was, like, moral choices going on when it came to saving Kate Marsh. I think that was, like I said, I think that was the most interesting moment in the entire series to date, but I don't think it was it was very morally difficult. You just were going to do everything you possibly fucking could to save Kate Marsh. Um, yeah. And then I guess we, we, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I was curious, um, in this episode as a whole... Um, you, you kind of addressed this already, but did you find the gameplay to be particularly engaging? Did you find it to enhance the narrative, or did you find that the gameplay took you out of the narrative in general? Mm, mostly out. Can't really think of many. I mean, the end was was a great gameplay moment that kept me in this like mm-hmm. quiz of, like, were you paying attention kind of thing? Um, but finding the bottles was one of my least favorite moments in the whole game, episodes one through five. Like, I hated finding the bottles. I also hated that stupid, like, do you remember mm. this? Because, like I said, I have really bad short-term memory. Uh, so um, I hated both of those scenes. And um, I don't think the story that it lent to was very strong because it's like, if I was doing a gameplay element that mattered. See, that's why if if it was like a, do you remember everything that you um, that you saw and it wasn't, on the brink of someone's suicide, I would probably hate it. But because mm. it's so interesting and works so well with the story that's going on, I didn't mind it. The collecting five bottles, exactly five. You can't <laughs> have four of them. You can't have four of them and go, oh, I wonder where the other fifth one is and not find it. That didn't have any moral. <laughs> 
ramifications <laughs> for me or or interesting thoughts or proving to Chloe that I'm a fucking time traveler. Because, bitch, I know I'm a time traveler. I don't need your approval. Uh. Yeah, I didn't like it. So, so uh, yeah. Well, we already talked about that. Like, it really slowed everything down for me, for you. So, so yeah, that's it. Uh, that's good. Yeah, no. Uh, again, largely pretty much ditto. The, the bottle section was awful. The... The entire junkyard section was not great. Like the super foe. Oh no, her foot's trapped in a train. What are you gonna do? It's like, do I? I'm gonna do. I don't know. I'll take my fucking time because I can. <laughs> like even when they showed that in the preview at the end of episode one, I was like, I don't care. Yeah, because I, I know what I'm gonna powers. do. <laughs> yeah. Also, can we talk about the fact that like. When you do that puzzle, there are actually multiple solutions, and one of them involves you, like, changing the tracks of the train, and Chloe's just like, mm, now the lumber mill won't be able to get the lumber anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. That is a throwaway line. It is the mother of all throwaway lines. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Oh, I, um, I think we forgot to mention, when you are, like, doing sweet trick shots with her with the bottles and then with the car you do accidentally like actually shoot her mm. and she's like, like fuck rewind away. rewind and then you rewind yeah. and then she's like alive and she's like what what did you see what happened that was that really moment cool. was pretty good yeah. yeah that was really um, cool i'll give the game credit there but also like i get her wanting to you to prove like prove that you have superpowers prove that you can rewind time totally fine totally understand it i just guessed every single thing in your fucking pockets down to like the date on the parking ticket you've got you should believe me but no predict the next five things that will happen in the diner and if one of them doesn't happen one iota different than what you say you're lying you don't have time travel powers and then at the end of that scene she's like oh you're right you have all the powers i bow down to you and then she's you go to the junkyard and she's like let's prove it one last time give me to shoot these bottles yeah what the fuck do well, you see need? it's it's the whole thing it's the whole thing again of her using you she wants to like yeah she wants to see all this shit happen so she's like i don't believe you but deep down you know she believes you like she's just yeah. saying that so you do the things and it's it's really it almost kills kate marsh yeah it almost kills kate marsh because you spend all your time travel powers and then like well yeah, i mean we I don't, don't know. really know that's how they work well, no, but it's kind of implied that, like, yeah. her power is not an unlimited resource. And then also, like, she sort of guilt trips you if you let Frank take the gun. It's like, oh, good going. It's like, I'm sorry I didn't try and fucking shoot a dude in cold blood because you owe him money. My fucking bad. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I got some fucking feelings about Chloe this episode, but. Yeah, no, I mean, she's not the greatest friend in this one. No, she was better in episode one because at least you could, like, she felt damaged by the end of it and you could excuse those. In this one, she's just like, <sighs> show me all your cool powers. <laughs> <laughs> I got this gun because I have a gun always for whatever reason. Do you want to go, like, shooting bottles for no reason, even though guns make you uncomfortable? It'll be great. Let's do it. I'm your manic pixie dream girl. Um, And, yeah. That happened. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, uh, that's an episode. Yeah? I think so. All it right. Seems like, it seems like pretty much everything to me. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can reach out to us at uh, Twitter, 
thoughts from P1 uh twitter that's our twitter handle or email uh thoughts from player one it's all spelt out at gmail.com choose an email mm-hmm. ask us a question thought about think talk about what you thought about this episode maybe not or, or talk about how you felt about episode three or episode yeah. four or episode five or anything you want us to address and we'll definitely do that yeah we'll talk um, about it and we tentatively will have a facebook page up soon because <laughs> i want to make that because like it seems like a good idea because i don't know kids are doing the social media thing right so we the should kids be on, board. on facebook anymore <laughs> you're right it's all grandmas and bands <laughs> and, nowadays and, and, and three month old memes ah oh, yeah things i saw just... on reddit two weeks ago yeah, but you know it's good to get a blast from the past every now and you again. You think you think they're gonna get that United Airlines thing in a couple weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook sucks. Maybe we won't have a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. That seems important. We should do that or something. I don't know. Um, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, um, and we have another another little series that that uh, we just we finished recording. That we, we teased last episode. I don't know how much of a tease that was. <laughs> hey, it might have, some people are probably still wondering what it's gonna be. Yeah, well it's gonna be it's gonna be Sonic Adventure Battle 2, and we're playing it level by level. It's gonna be real short episodes. It's it's goofy. It's not serious, guys. It's it's gonna be a fun one. Absolutely so, not. There's I don't no know when getting on a soapbox. I don't know um, when it'll be out, so just keep that Twitter, keep that follow us so you get the notification. Mm-hmm. that'll be very important very very important yeah it's um, called follow your rainbow <laughs> real title thoughts from player one presents follow your rainbow <laughs> um so yeah that'll do it for us this week check out um stay tuned we're gonna like i said keep doing all these episodes on a more frequent basis on a shorter term so mm-hmm. next one will come out probably Two weeks from now? One week from sure. now? We'll figure it out. We'll It'll figure be up. it out. Don't worry about it. Don't fucking worry about it. It'll be up. And then uh, we will go from there. So with all that said, Duncan, mm-hmm. you want to take us out? <gasps> That's all the beans in the pot, boys. <laughs>